your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to the Locked On Golden Knights podcast. I am your host, Carlo Gonzalez. And last night, the Western Division regular season has ended. We know all the matchups and the playoffs will start on Sunday against the Minnesota Wild. There's a few things I want to talk about before I we get into the playoffs preview. Uh, there's a few notes and news that ha- just happened for the Golden Knights and around the league that's a little bit of an inter- interest to some Golden Knights. One of which is the reassignment to Dylan Sakura, Braden Pahal, and Thomas Hirko back to the Henderson Silver Knights, who played in the game last night. And mo- all three of them actually had a pretty good night. But I'll talk about that later. There's also the game last night that decided the fate of the Golden Knights, uh, the Los Angeles Kings versus the Colorado Avalanche game, where L.A. had an early 1-0 lead, and then Colorado just scored five and answered. And Colorado clinched the President's Trophy, which means the Golden Knights didn't get the President's Trophy and the Western Division Championship. Uh, That's two banners that Vegas could have had uh, added to T-Mobile Arena, but there was one banner that we prefer anyway, so we're just going to have to move on. Like I said, because the Colorado Avalanche won that game, the Vegas Golden Knights is now going to play the Minnesota Wild for on the first round of the playoffs. Uh, it's going to start this Sunday, so it's going to be a wild one. It's going to be a noontime game too, which doesn't happen often for the Golden Knights. Now, a lot of Vegas fans wanted to avoid this matchup because the Minnesota Wild has been really good against the Golden Knights this season and throughout their young franchise. The Minnesota Wild is the only team with a winning record against the Golden Knights. The Minnesota Wild is 5-1-2 and two against the Golden Knights this year, which is a terrible number if you look at it, if you look at it just on, on the surface level. But when I, when I thought about it, there was actually three games in that series that the Golden Knights played undermanned. One of them, the, the Golden Knights played with only 10 forwards. And that game was the April 1st game where the Golden Knights actually took the Minnesota Wild to a shootout. Uh, and the, they lost to the shootout. It was 4-3. The, the Golden Knights lost 4-3 in the shootout. But even though undermanned, the Golden Knights played a really good game against Minnesota. The other two games where, where they play undermanned was the May 3rd game where the Golden Knights lost and where they allowed, I remember that game, they allowed three goals in the third period and the May 5th game where the Golden Knights came back and went in overtime. So 
we're not going to have that problem in the playoffs. The Golden Knights is going to address a full roster in the playoffs because they're not going to they don't have to worry about the cap. So, I think that's a little thing that a lot of people overlooked during our, uh, on our matchup against the uh, Minnesota Wild throughout the years. Th- throughout the season, I mean. The keys to the series, I think, is the the one guy that the Golden Knights need to contain is the rookie sensation, Kirill Kaprizov, who pretty much have the Calder Trophy, like, on hand. Like, it's his. No, There's no competition. Jason Robertson it, for Dallas gave him uh, a short competition, but really Kaprizov ran away with it. He deserves it. He is probably the Minnesota Wilds' best player, and there's no arguing there. The kid's really, really good, even though he is uh, a little bit older for most rookies. He he is 24, and he played in the KHL for most of his career, but he is... And he hurt the Golden Knights a lot. He, he scored a bunch of goals on the Golden Knights and led a few comebacks uh, against the Golden Knights, which is another part of one of my keys for the Golden Knights is to finish games. Just In just recent games, the Golden Knights has allowed the Minnesota Wild to come back and really lose it in, in late in the games. The, the last game the Golden Knights played with the Minnesota Wild, v- Vegas actually won. But the Golden Knights were up going into the third period. And, the, and Minnesota scored two in the third period. Good thing Riley Smith scored a third period goal to take the game in overtime. And Petrangelo scoring the overtime goal. And the game before that, the Golden Knights actually was going into the third period with two-goal lead. And then that was the game where the Golden Knights allowed two goals really late, one to tie the game and one to win the game. It was about 20 seconds apart, I believe. And Golden Knights just blew that game. If the Golden Knights didn't blow that game and, and won that game, it could have been – we could have been playing the St. Louis Blues on Monday. That That's the difference because because of that game, the Golden Knights dropped two points and that, that two points was the difference between the President's Trophy and second place. And there's a lot more examples throughout the season where Minnesota just came back and win the game against the Golden Knights. All the games between these two teams have been really close, so this series is going to be really, really close. And I'm somewhat excited and nervous to face the Minnesota Wild. We we kind of had to kill the demon, though, if you want to get far in the playoffs. This this is just a test if you want to get past you know, the Western Division and then to the semis and to the Stanley Cup. We have to beat the Minnesota Wild to get past our uh, a hump and test the players if it's mental or physical or whatever it is another key to the game for me is the power play i know i've talked about the power play and a lot of people have the power play for the golden knights is not good enough it, it, it needs to step up they are one of the worst power plays in the league and that's saying something. I just don't understand how much talent this team have and not having a good power play. It doesn't make any sense. 
uh, a few players I think needs to step up too against Minnesota for like guys like Mark Stone and uh, Max Pacioretty who has shown up against Minnesota who's scored really well against them and obviously Alex Stuck his former Alex Stuck has performed really well with his former team and Alex Stuck I think has played really well lately but he has had trouble finishing his chances this past few games uh, especially against, I remember against Colorado, there was a few times uh, the the big the big miss, the big open net miss that Alex Suck had. That's just a thing. Like there's that's another mental hurdle that someone needs to overcome to get past this first round. So Alex Suck needs to get back on track and finishing his shots. The misfit line, I think, needs to step up. I think we need a full our our top six to really show up and and not put all the bird like not put a lot of pressure in the bottom six because we know what the bottom six can do they're not the best but they i think they're really good that's why alex stuck needs to step up to really carry that bottom six and obviously the golden knights need to stay away from the box Uh, the the minnesota wilds power play early in the season was were even worse than the Golden Knights power play now. They were 31st in the season. I mean, 31st in the league. And they just, they finally got it going and they actually climbed up their rankings. Their power play is actually really good now. And we can't give them those kinds of chances. The Golden Knights needs to stay disciplined, even though in the playoffs, referees normally swallow their whistles more often. And they they play a lot of five on five. Now I want to talk about the lineup that the Golden Knights are gonna have on Sunday against the Minnesota Wild, because now that they don't have a salary cap, they're they can, they're able to ice eighteen players with no issue. But before I do that, I'm gonna tell you about Wealthfront. I know investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So there hasn't been a lot of updates for the Golden Knights when it comes to injuries since... They played on Wednesday, and we're probably gonna not going to find out anything until they actually play on Sunday. Now, I want to try to talk about the lineups that they're going to ice. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about two. One where they're fully healthy and one where they're not where the the injured players on Wednesday is still injured that's that's the lineup I'm gonna try to 
talk about. Um, is this going to be the lineup they're actually is this a prediction of the lineup or is this the prediction uh, or is this a lineup that i want i think this is like a middle of the two it is it is a lineup that i want them to do but also what i think that i'm not gonna go like over realistic and hoping that they're gonna put the uh, like they're, they're gonna put Jack Dugan in the lineup is up. I, I, I'm I'm gonna keep this a little bit more realistic, but I it's not also a prediction. So I think what they're gonna do if if everybody who was injured is still injured, which I think some of the players are actually gonna be healthy on Sunday. But if if nothing changes, this is what I think they're gonna go with. I think the first line is gonna be Yanmark, Stevenson, and Stone. I think uh, Yanmark is the guy who. Uh, is the first call in that line. I could also see Tuck go in there, but I think Yanmark, because he does play on the left side, I think they're going to go with that. I think they're going to, and then they're going to keep the misfit line together, obviously. So it's going to be Marcia Carlson, and Smith. And on the third line, I think they're going to go with Carrier. And here's my, here's my little, little twist here. Cody Glass. They're going to be able to call up Cody Glass to play center in that third line. And then Alex Stuck. I could also see either Kolasar or Nick Waugh in this in this third line, but I think it's going to be Carrier because he plays on the left, and I prefer keeping left the left wings on the left wings and the right wings on the right wings. This also allows Tuck to stay on the right wing because when Waugh or Kolasar plays on the third line, they normally move Alex Tuck to the left wing, and I think Alex Tuck plays more comfortably on the right. And on my... The fourth line, I have Dylan Sakura playing that left wing. I could also see Sakura playing uh, on the third line on that left wing, which I don't mind at all. And then Nikwa and Kulasar as to round to round uh, to round it out. Now they're gonna play with the same six defensemen that they played on Wednesday. If Martinez is not healthy, you have McNabb, Petrangelo, Theodore, White Cloud, Haig, and Coglin. Or they can actually uh, play Nick Holden too, but I think since Dylan Coglin plays on the right and he fits really well on that right side, they can play. They'll play Dylan Coglin. But and also the fact that Nick Holden hasn't played in a long time is a little bit concerning. But I do, uh, I I do. I'm okay with Nick Holden playing. If you if you put Nick Holden there, you can keep Hague and White Cloud together in the bottom pair, and you can just slot in Nick Holden next to Theodore, and I think it'll be fine. So I I wrote this down, and I just told and I'm not gonna lie to you, I did totally forgot about Nick Holden, but I I'm gonna change my mind. I think they're gonna go with Holden instead of Coglin if everybody if Martinez is not healthy. But okay, so my and then I'm gonna now I'm gonna talk about the lineup that I think they should go with if everybody's healthy. If Max Pacioretty is healthy, if Thomas Noshek is healthy, if Ryan Reeves is healthy, Krebs is healthy, all that. This is this is what I want them to do. This is my ideal lineup for them. First line is obviously Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone, and then the second line is obviously the Misfit line. That's pretty obvious. Everybody knows that's going to happen. 
you can't break those guys up. They've been great all season. It's the bottom six that we are going to be concerned about. Obviously, Yanmark is going to slot in back to that third line. And then Tuck is going to be on that right wing in his normal spot. Now, the big question is who do I think is going to be the center for this line? And if everybody's healthy, I'm okay with it being Peyton Krebs or Cody Glass. Either one of those guys. I don't think both of them will play at the same time if uh, if everybody's healthy, especially with the addition of Yanmark. Uh, so it's either going to be Glass or Krebs playing that third line. They're also not going to call up Glass or Krebs and have them play in the fourth line. They're going to bump down one of the two centers, which is Nosek or Wa, to that fourth line center spot if they call up Glass and, or Krebs. Now, the fourth line, and a lot of people might be surprised in this or a lot of people might disagree, but I have Carrier, Nosek, and Wa. And I am I am scratching Reeves, and I I am not one of those uh, fans that think that Reeves is totally useless and we should scratch him every game. I actually thought Ryan Reeves before he got hurt start had pretty good games. Not points wise, a lot of people expect points. There's more to hockey than just points. Reeves is there to be a really good physical presence and open up space for his teammates. I thought he did that job really well, but I think the way Noshik and Wa has played, you can't really take them out. I all and then Carrier, the same with Carrier. Uh, I think Carrier has played really well throughout the season. He's not scoring any points, but at the same time, uh, it's the same argument with Reeves. The Carrier generates that physical play and generates that space for his teammates for them to play more loosely and and have them uh, be just themselves and not have to worry about the other team. For the defenseman, is pretty obvious. You just go back to your normal six with Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Haig, Whitecloud. There's no, there's no debate there. If everybody's healthy, that's going to be the six defenseman in your lineup. Now, the now I haven't talked about the goalie. The goalie is a little bit. Uh, it's the it's the other big story in this whole situation. Are they gonna start flurry? Or are they going to start Leonard? Or are they going to continue with the rotation? Here's what I think is a guarantee. They are not going to start Leonard. Leonard is not going to be the number one this playoffs. I I won't say guarantee because it's going to come back to bite me. It's going to happen and peep, you guys are just going to go on Twitter and say you're wrong. But it's fine. If I'm wrong... Go, go, go ahead and, and berate me on Twitter. I'm going to tell you right now, Leonard is not going to be the number one goalie this playoffs. It's either going to be Fleury as the number one goalie or it's going to be a rotation. That's the question. It's not going to be like last year. I think Marc-Andre Fleury earned the number one spot this playoffs. And I, my opinion, I think just go, just go Fleury throughout the whole playoffs. Maybe get Leonard here. Uh, a game or two in there once like every four games is treated like a regular season backup because I don't like Leonard is not your regular backup he is one of the best goalies in the league and and if you have you have 
like the opportunity or, or the luxury to 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 rest a goalie, especially in the grind of the playoffs. I'll take that advantage, but also not surprised for all the traditionalists there to stick with with one goalie throughout the playoffs. But I think Marc Andre Fleury will get the majority of the start in this postseason. Well, that well, and that's that's my thoughts on on it. Uh, if you if you have a, your thoughts and you can tell me that I'm wrong on Twitter, just at me. I don't mind. I, I'm all, I'm always down to talk about hockey, but that that's what I think. I think Flurry deserves to start. I think uh, I think they're going to call up Cody Glass for the playoffs now that they have cap space, and if Martinez is still hurt, I think Holden's going to see some time. And that that's some of my thoughts on the upcoming game for against Minnesota, which I'm really excited about. This is going to be a really fun series. But there are other playoff series that's going to happen soon, which I want to talk about my thoughts. And I'm going to give, give you guys my picks and who, who's on all the series. It's not going to take long. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including occasional limited time flavors? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. I'm just a caramel guy. I love caramel, and this one tastes so good. And it's healthy, too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar. A couple of them has 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, and only 5 grams of sugar. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and you get the raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. If you haven't tried any of the flavors, you can get the mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 off BuiltBar.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, so you can track all the actions at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore and this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoff head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus or your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on okay now the playoffs is here and there's going to be a lot a lot of great series throughout the league now, I'm just going to go around the league and tell you guys what my picks are. Uh, but And like I said, you can always at me on, on my Twitter and tell me how dumb my picks are and why I just pick all the favorites and you guys are – you're not really that smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for fun. I know I'm going to get most of these wrong, but that's okay. That's That's why sports is fun, right? 
So let's start with our fellow divisional series, the Colorado Avalanche versus the St. Louis Blues. The the St. Louis Blues had finished the season pretty strong and they actually just beat up on the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, in, in back-to-back games just now. But I it's it's hard to it's hard to roll out rule out the President's Trophy winner in Colorado Avalanche, man. I think they're gonna take this in six. Now, if you're one of those people who believe in the President's Trophy curse, a lot of people, a lot of you guys, people will probably think, oh, they're gonna lose to St. Louis now because of the curse, and watch them lose to St. Louis. And everybody's gonna pile on the curse, the quote-unquote curse, which is which is really I I think is ridiculous to believe in it. But anyways, moving on to the Canada division, the North division. There's a, there are two very um, mismatches here. Uh, both the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Montreal Canadiens and the Edmonton Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets. Both of these guys have really lopsided series so what the season. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I think, won six out of their nine games against Montreal. And I am taking Toronto out of six. They're, there's, they're going to finally make it out to the first round. But I... I won't be surprised if Montreal just just. I mean, if Toronto does a Toronto and and just lose to Montreal in seven games, and I would laugh. I would lo- that. That's what I want to happen, but I think Toronto's gonna take it. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Toronto is gonna take it, but I do want I do want Montreal to just beat on Toronto because that'd be hilarious. And the next. The next uh, series is the Edmonton Oilers against Winnipeg Jets. Who, Edmonton Oil, the Edmonton Oilers, I think won seven out of their nine. I'm not so sure. I know it's a lopsided series, and when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl finally in the playoffs, I know they were there last year, but it was kind of a weird kind of format. They lost in the play-in round, but. The Edmonton Oilers is going to take this handily in five games. I wouldn't even be surprised if it's a sweep. The Winnipeg Jets just really took a dive. You just crash-landed through in the end of the season, and they have not looked good at all. They were just... They look like a bad team. Like their defense, their lack of defense finally showed up, and when you're playing Edmonton, you kind of need that, especially with... Um, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Now I'm gonna talk about this probably later in the off season, but Edmonton is when Edmonton goes back into Vegas's division. That's gonna be a really really fun race, I think, for the West Division. I think the West Division is gonna have two good teams with Vegas and Edmonton and everybody else. Now let's move on to the East Division, which had a really really tight race on the top four throughout the season this everybody knew who the top four teams was like since like week the fourth week of the season it it, the first matchup is pittsburgh and new york the islanders which i can never count out barry trotz is one of the best coaches in the league he's the one who beat vegas in the in the cup finals a few years ago if you guys don't mind being reminded of that scar but 
Pittsburgh has really turned it on the past few games and I won't be surprised if they take this in six I think Pittsburgh is the better team right now they're rolling uh, they're hard to beat they are they are one of the hotter teams this is also a revenge uh, when the Islanders swept Pe- uh, Pittsburgh in the 2019 playoffs uh, so Pittsburgh has that on on their minds so that revenge is still somewhat fresh and the second series, which I this is the only series that I actually have going to seven games, uh, Boston over Washington, Boston over Washington, and I think this is going to be a really close game. I think these two teams are very, very evenly matched, uh, and it's going to be really scrappy. <laughs> Marshand and Tom Wilson in the same series is going to be a fun, fun thing to watch. I have Boston over Washington in seven, though, and I, I think it could go either way. But I think Boston's top line is, is still really good. I think Boston is starting to hit their stride. Adding Taylor Hall was such a, such a good move for them. And it's hard to bet on Boston right now. The Central Divisions, which uh, the Florida series, the first time they ever meet in a series. And and this is going to be really fun. The Florida Panthers meets the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I have the upset going. I have Florida in six games. I know Tampa Bay is going to get Stamkos and Kucherov, who miraculously healed right before the playoffs. I don't even want to get to that. But we, uh, it's, 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 it's a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. I don't have time to get into that. But Tampa Bay also, I think, doesn't have headmen for a few games. And Vasilevsky has been really sketchy the past few games. I think Florida is also in a role. They have a three-headed monster at goalie. The biggest question is who's going to start for them. I think that top line, I think Barkov is really good. I think Florida has been underrated and under the radar throughout the year. And I think they're going to take this in six. The next game is the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Nashville Predators. And here's the thing. The Nashville Predators played the Carolina Hurricanes twice at the end of the season. And the Nashville Predators actually beat Carolina handedly in those two games. Now, Carolina has been, I'd say, the third best team in the league, only behind Vegas and Colorado. I'm a little bit biased there, maybe. But it's so hard to just not put that into account the the two games that Nashville played against Carolina although Carolina didn't really have much to play on those games other than the chance to get the president's trophy but because they already had the division on lock but that said I still take Carolina in five I think Carolina is still a really good team they have a two-headed monster there in goalie two their defense is probably one of the best in the league but and, and those are the games. I actually I, I meant to talk about this last segment uh, on my prediction on the Golden Knights in the Minnesota game. And I think obviously I'm a little bit biased on this. Vegas is going to take it in six. Uh, I think Vegas the the 
Minnesota beating up on Vegas throughout the season is a little bit overstated. I think Vegas still had the better underlying numbers in those games, and they're gonna play Flurry uh, most of uh, most of the like pretty much all the games. And I think Flurry has having a great year, and this team is gonna go as far as Flurry is gonna take them. So Vegas in six. Now before I go, I just wanna have a quick quick. Uh, news on the Henderson game uh, they did be, they beat the second place Bakersfield Condors last night uh, and clinched the first seed on the Pacific Division playoffs the AHL is doing so the goal, the Silver Knights is going to play the winner of the play-in round between the, the bottom four teams which is going to be Colorado the Colorado Eagles, the San Jose Barracuda, the Ontario Reign, and the Tucson Roadrunners. Those four teams are going to play in a in a mini tournament as a play-in round. Whoever comes out of those four is going to play Henderson, and which is very good for Henderson because those four, the top three teams, uh, Henderson, Bakersfield, and San Diego, is on another tier compared to the bottom four. And it's it's a bit whoever the the four the the whichever of the four is gonna play Henderson, I think Henderson is gonna be heavily favored, and I want them to win this little tournament they have for the Pacific Division. So by the time that Henderson moves into the Henderson Event Center, they're gonna have a banner up there already that says Pacific Division Champion. But that's about it for me today. I'll see you guys back on Monday where I recap the game against the game one against Minnesota. And we're in the playoffs, guys. We're in the end game now. And that's it for me. I still don't know how to end a podcast. So thanks for listening. <laughs>